Super Friends with Eric Esquivel. All right, welcome to Super Friends with Eric Esquivel. I'm here today with Sina Grace, an artist and writer who I'm very fond of, both as a person and as a creator. Uh, Sina, thank you so much for coming down today. I am really happy. I'm going to try to keep up with you with the uh, sexy voice game. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. And it's Father's Day, so we're here to talk about our real dad, Superman. Daddy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, then in that sense, uh, Kingdom Come Superman. Mm-hmm. Daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is a Super Friends After Dark. <laughs> so Cena is the only person who I surveyed who was man enough to admit that he loves the electric blue Superman from the 90s. Yes. Which is critically panned. Yes. But we love it as Superman fans. Let's talk about your love of that era, where you were at as a person when you were yeah. in Superman. And I think the key the key is uh, my age. Mm-hmm. You know, it's yeah. kind of like when you talk to people about uh, certain movies that came out at different times. You're like, "What? How did you not like the Stupids?" And then you <laughs> and then you watch it as an adult, and you're like, "That's why." Or bands. I loved the Spice Girls because I didn't know the Smiths were around. I think. Okay, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> but I think the Spice Girls are still fascinating and tasteful and wonderful. I All do. Right. I do think that first album is like perfect pop. That'll be our spinoff podcast. Yeah, Spice World with Cena and Eric. <laughs> <laughs> um, listen to by everyone. Mm-hmm, um, but, but you know, okay. So yeah. So I'm 30 now. Me too. Uh, oh, 20s. And uh, so keep in mind what we were like eight or nine when that happened. Yep. yep. Um, and then the other thing I was also man enough to admit to Eric because I, I was like I want to do this just to be in a room with you. Aww. For an hour, thanks, bud. Uh, uninterrupted. Um, I was like, but I'm not the biggest Superman fan. Like, I it, <gasps> blasphemy. I know. Blasphemy. I know. And and I've gotten into super arguments. <laughs> super arguments. <laughs> I've gotten into a lot of arguments with a ton of people. Um, and I have nothing against him. It just never. He never sang to me. So, if you're thinking about all that, like I was not converted to begin with. Uh, you know, I always liked him, but. I just, for some reason, live in a binary or lived in a binary and everything's always this or that, that or the other. So I was always like Batman or Superman or Marvel or DC. And sure, sure. Anyway, so. That was um, common for that era, too. We even had Marvel versus DC later. That was a big, like, us I'm versus them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, sorry, I forget that. Yeah, people can't watch us. Can't see this chemistry. <laughs> um, <laughs> the but, tension in the air. Yeah, it's good. It's like Murphy Brown level. Mm-hmm, Who mm-hmm. was her? Anyway, <laughs> not going there, not aging myself any more than I already am. So, okay, yeah, I was really young. And if you think about everything they did to promote that, um, especially after the death of Superman. So, you know, it's it's already seen. I don't know what DC's mindset was at the time, but like they they seemed tired of Superman, you know, and, and all of it was really confusing. And, and I do remember as a fan trying to get into the four different, you know, Superman, Steel, Superboy, yada, yada, yeah, so yeah. and so forth. Um and I think I had fatigue, too, as, like, a speculative fan. And then they just bring, like, out of left field, Superman's, like, made out of... like. And again, oh, uh, <laughs> so what I said to Eric before we started was, uh, I was like, hey, I'm... I'm I'm going to I'm going to do I'm going to take a risk here and not do my due diligence. And I'm just coming at you with memory. Mm-hmm. So this could be really fun or I could piss off a lot of people that's what we want though well your your personal relationship to superman and where i'm gonna get facts wrong so like well i've got i've got them probably okay good yeah you tell me so like this is my memory of it was like okay first of all the -the glow-in-the-dark cover yeah man that was good stuff uh i made my mom 
like I think I made my mom go to the comic store while I was at school or something. I remembered and it was like nine dollars to get it. You know, <laughs> that's such a swindle. Taking advantage of kids. Yeah. Best Did you buy two dollars. copies? No, just one. Just one. Just so one. I know I could like barely touch it because it was nine dollars. How are you gonna go to college if you're not gonna <laughs> sell one for forty thousand dollars two months later? I man, I was so smart to never collect for the sake of collecting. Um, smart kid. I know, right? <laughs> that's the only smart thing about uh, me and my childhood. But um, <laughs> so okay, yeah. Glow in the dark cover, already super cool, um, and it, and it was so iconic as an image too. It's just him standing with a black background, yeah. and uh, and I can't really remember the how and the why he became that way. But That's he's like made thing. of electricity, like yeah. he's like comprised of electricity. The inciting incident is all over the place because, like you mentioned, there were there were four different books for Superman yeah. in the nineties. Yeah. So it was a weekly series. So they were just churning out story after story, and this was the next big event. But there wasn't like a big exciting incident for it. It sort of like happened at the same time in every book. So the general idea is that his powers were overloading. He, there's some shit happened in the previous arc where he like fought a space wizard and he got overloaded with energy and his Kryptonian cells were bursting at the seams because uh-huh. he's not supposed to be a Superman. Kryptonians weren't built to be superheroes. Like he's a mutant. Like mm. he's seen as an Iceman author, mm. the current Iceman book. So that's thanks for putting it uh, in language I can understand. Yeah, yeah, you Marvel kid. <laughs> so yeah, his body was overloading and things were happening and, and he touched he touched a toaster and it exploded. And like there are certain side effects that he didn't, he didn't, never had had happened before. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, I, uh, yeah, that was that. Yeah, so I just thought it was cool. I thought the costume was cool. Mm-hmm. It also made the news. Um, I'm, yeah, I'm. You know, yeah, you were in Tucson. I was in Los Angeles, Santa Monica specifically at the time, and it made like evening news. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, yeah, like think about just being a kid and looking at this shiny thing and it totally it just totally worked i thought it was so cool <laughs> i thought it was like i don't you know even the hair like mm-hmm. i loved all of it well, I, it was very anime too it was very like goku yeah like he's glowing with sane energy and it was a 90s i kept saying the hero for the new millennium right there was a part where his one of his new power sets was he like touched a computer and his eyes went into binary ones and zeros and he's like i'm reading the internet so it was a very 90s oh my god i don't remember that now i want to reread it because now it, it makes me, it sounds like it's kind of even ahead of its time mm-hmm. You know, and I think that's the, okay. So this is what I will say about what I've always respected and appreciated about good Superman stories. Um, I'm a big fan of of optimism. Uh, like obviously, antihero stories are great. Mm-hmm. You know, Breaking Bad is like literature. Sure. But like, I've never been a fan of taking something um, that is like a hallmark of instilling hope and like lessons of you know doing the right thing and 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 all that stuff you know the and that's what superman is to me is like mm-hmm. he's the guy who just always does right and he 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 serves as an example of what we should aspire to be exactly um and so i'm all like you know those are my favorite superman stories which is like why i don't really like the Zack snyder representation sure the modern era is kind of bleak and it's all about the the burden of, re- of responsibility and the burden of strength and not about the joy of saving other people and like the the opportunity to help other people being an exciting thing or or even what what it takes to overcome that burden of responsibility mm-hmm. like i don't care that you have it but the point of you having it is that you show us how to get past it and do the right thing so mm-hmm. but yeah so i could imagine that like for this character that represents all these things for these people and he's so classic and so iconic and has barely been touched with for them to sort of like 
go way left and and yeah come up with this weird costume and have it really tapped into things that like we were only just starting to talk about as a mm-hmm. culture yeah, and society yeah. like of course it didn't pan out you know um it was but, fun though that his powers were different and he's still the same man because you were talking about the superman ideals and morals and like his power sets were different he wasn't as uh, strong as was before like in this new universe like he couldn't Bullets couldn't bounce off of him. He, he could only like phase, phase his body. Through them. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. once he he uh, he turned intangible, and a bullet went through him and hit someone behind him, and he was like, "Oh my god!" Like I have to think differently and think smarter. And he, so he's still Clark Kent with a new power set, and that's yeah. what was the through line through all these issues. It was the Clark we know with a new power. And it, yeah, and imagine like if you're thinking creatively, like it must have been nice to to set Clark Kent back a little bit, mm-hmm. you know, because he. Yeah, what do you do after the death of Superman and he comes back? Like, yeah. you know, that's basically like, oh, well, he's hella invincible. Like, don't know what to do now for a few years. And that tied in this a little bit, too, because there had to be a cost for him coming back from the dead. So that was this mm-hmm. was his body is all jacked up and it doesn't know what to do. And it's changing. And it's so it's it, this was like a cost of that. Yeah. And, and so now let's like let's think about aesthetically, like why else I liked it. I even liked. So, OK, gimmicks we're very big because we're young yeah. and we loved the gimmick of mm-hmm, it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the era. It was the area of chrom- like chromium covers and trading cards with a comic. And Well, it was like right towards the end too. Mm-hmm. So like it was really becoming rare to like get one of those nice things. But sure. like, and then think about this. It all ended with uh, Superman Red and Superman Blue and 3D books oh, and 3D glasses. Shoot. Do you remember that? I do. I do. And And that was like, Correct me if I'm wrong, because I didn't fact check, but this is my memory. Wasn't Stuart Eminem drawing like that towards the end? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. So, great. okay, think about it from an art standpoint, like, because Dan Jurgens drew that. I, I don't remember all the in-betweeny stuff, but he was drawing some of them, too. I think in the 90s, yeah, Dan Jurgens and Ron Friends started oh, off the whole yeah. thing. Yeah. I like Ron Friends. He also did um, some really good stuff at Marvel. He's super, like, classic comic book artist. But there's such a, I don't know, he's just so, like, he reminds me of, like, Gil Kane in a lot of ways, where, mm-hmm. like, it may not be your favorite style, but it's so indicative of comic books that, like, you can't help but love it. Yeah, yeah. I think house style is a bad uh, phrase people use to kind of talk down about art, but this is this was, like, the standard, you know? Yeah. It was the golden standard, so that was cool in the 90s. Yeah. So, he yeah, there we go. So, Ron Friends was drawing it, and mm-hmm. I liked it. I liked it for Superman. It really fit. And, yeah, and then Stuart Eminem, who, like, has always been just like a classy comic book artist um was john bogdanov still on the superman books i think so there's so many back then so i, I believe that was the case i love dan jurgens too he and i got to work together on the superman story that i did which was a little two-page i'm nodding and so smiling. i love i love that guy he is superman somewhere <laughs> oh yeah. eric's crying no he's not he's not but uh yeah. he is happy that's it's really cute to watch um so yeah that was a you know like as a consumer it was just such a like I, it like injected like a campy sense of fun to Superman, and you know, think about it. It was getting really serious and really he bogged died down. a minute ago. Yeah, it was really heavy, and that fucking spread was really intense. And the way they were like, pr- I mean, you know, that's why they sold like hotcakes. Was like, it was very intense and very to be taken seriously. You know, um, right? What that was the one where it was polybagged and it was like the S logo with blood like streaming. It came down. with an armband too. You could wear it to school that showed that you were mourning Clark Kent. Yeah, oh so it was gosh. it was a heavy era, and it was very nineties viral too. Yeah, yeah, it's a great marketing. We've never gotten anything close to that since then. But it was very nineties, and then it was like 
um, examining masculinity, you know, like what is a man, what is a Superman. Mm. Here's the four different aspects, and then and they carry that over in, into the blue and white era we're talking about now because it was, if his powers are gone, can he still be a Superman? What does that mean? And I, I really like that. That resonated with me a lot as a kid. That was like finding himself. Well, and I think that's the fun part to like talk about it now as adults too. Is like I didn't catch any of that. Like I was too sucked in and immersed, like from a pop standpoint. That yeah, I mean, you know, I didn't even see any of that to it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Um, and not being a Superman acolyte, did you know that this was all a reference to an older story from the Silver Age? So there was an original no, story. None of the news stories on the TV said that. That's so nuts. Yeah. So Superman 162 came out in July 1963, and it was by Leo, written by Leo Dorfman and drawn by Kurt Swan, who I love. Yeah. I think I have Kurt Swan pillowcases right now. <laughs> but it was it was uh, Superman one and two. He was overwhelmed with work, so he wanted to create a device that would split himself into two because it was too much for even one Superman. Gotcha. So he did it, and there's one. He wanted to increase his intelligence specifically, but there was a side effect where it made it into two different people. So there was red and there was blue. And then they never resolved that by having them come back together. They like they literally were just one. There were two Supermans for the rest of this this continuity. But it was, and it went on decades and never uh, got. It, it was like an imaginary story off to the side, like like an Elseworld or a what? Is that the, that's not okay? Right. So okay, I I have this trade on my bookshelf and I haven't read it yet. You should check it out. It's pretty. Well, awesome. no, I, I'm not. I'm referencing um, that Alan Moore Superman book. Oh yeah. And isn't that called Whatever Happened to Kurt? A Swain? Uh, a Kurt, Swan. Uh, Kurt Swan. That's how you, so that's how you pronounce it, but that's how you spell it, Swain? Oh, I thought it was just S-W-A-N, Kurt Swan. Oh, I'm being an idiot. Anyway, let's shut my mouth. But oh, the okay. Alan Moore thing is whatever happened to the Man of Tomorrow. There we go. Yeah, oh, yeah. but Kurt worked on it. Sorry, yes. I keep hitting. The, there we go. Okay, yeah, yeah. sorry. I'm a, I'm, I, I went man, in with it, no research. You're among friends. I'll bring you into the fold, man. That's cool. in a safe cool. place. Yeah. No. Um, so, please. So in this story, um, they just showed like there's two paths Superman could have taken, and now there's two Superman. So one of them marries Lois Lane. And stays on Earth, and one of them marries Lana Lang and goes to New Krypton. Like, mm. and, and they solve crime together. Like, they invent this ray that cures both evil and communism. <laughs> so they cure Lex Luthor and Fidel Castro in the same issue. Yes, it's pretty amazing. And then Lex cures all diseases and stuff, and it's really intense and cool. And like, it's the idea of two Supermen. So th- this is a reference to like an old story from the '60s, all this '90s stuff. It was like a nod to that. Okay, so that wasn't canon. It was not. It was like an Elseworld. Okay, so this is... Okay, gotcha. And how... So remind me, how did he split from Red and Blue? So in the... How, how did that happen? In the, in the 90s continuity? Yeah, yeah, yeah. After, the one we're talking about are my frosty electric blue baby. Yeah, so good. <laughs> the electric Bulu Superman. So he was blue for a while, just electric and cool. And then there was this, uh, this Toy Man and Cyborg Superman team up. Or basically it's Superman comics, so they hit him so hard he got split into two. Because his body is all unstable anyway, and one became Democrat and one became Republican. Basically, like the red one was very kind of like brash and sure and like angry, and the blue one was sort of a little bit more timid and intellectual and self-reflective. And it was sort of almost Clark Kent and Superman as identities. So red was Superman, blue was Clark Kent. This is some like Tarantino shit right here. Yeah, this is so. Or David Lynch, like the doppelgangers and stuff. It was really weird. And they both like Lois Lane wasn't sure which one she loved more because one was kind of like cocksure and then one was kind of pussy. Like it was really really funny. It's like one bangs her really hard, but the other (laughs) one knows where her G spot is. Like (laughs) they should have just like had had an Archie and Veronica three way. You know, Betty and Veronica three way. Yeah. But yeah, it was a but crazy, yeah, crazy comics. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, uh, and then that that lasted for a while, and we got to show like the two different approaches from two different types of Superman, and it was almost like 
the red represented the new Punisher anti-hero 90s trench coat kind of guy and how he would solve things. Yeah. And the blue showed you how like the old Kurt Swan, like Silver Chicken would solve things. And we, we talked about masculinity through those lenses for a while. Well, that's so that's so fascinating that like I do it just sound let's like pretend that this is all just ahead of its time. Yeah. And that it totally was. We should also just pitch to DC. A reboot? Mm-hmm. <laughs> Absolutely. Bring him back. Let's yeah, do it. Yeah. Let's see if this works in the modern age. As like, a nation, we've never we've never been more torn apart on the idea of what it means to be an American or like or a man. And like we could do that again. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and even and then let's add the layer of like what does it mean to be so connected to technology and have it, you know, something that like we can practically like just inject, yeah. you know, in ourselves and like. I think we came up with something. <laughs> <laughs> we'll send this off to the, the DC guys. Yeah. All we have to do is be super cool about it and be like, yeah, whatever. And then they'll do it. <laughs> so they kind of did use this stuff. Are you reading the modern Superman comics at all? Not yet. I know we talked about we're both a little bit behind in modern stuff, but uh, or for, the, for DC at least. Yeah. Like I've been trying to read some of the Flash and some of the Batman stuff. And I, ooh, who's writing Superman right now that's getting great reviews? Tom King? He's doing Batman. Batman. Who? But uh, Jurgens is writing a lot of good Superman stuff. He's back as who, a writer. No, there's someone. Uh, is, it's the guy who's writing Amadeus Cho, right? Greg Pak? No. No, not Greg Pak. Oh, he's good. He did action sort of there recently. There we go. Yeah, I heard that cool. was good. There's the, the there's new characters, too. Like, um, So, you know, when they rebooted Superman in the modern, like the ultra-modern New 52 era? When he had those, like, jeans and boots? Yeah, and he was really angry and stuff. <laughs> Grant Morrison did that, right? Yeah. <laughs> They've retconned that to have that. That was Red Superman. And, and now the new like and then, and then like the old superman who has a kid and lois lane it's the classic version with like that that's blue superman so they killed oh. the red one and he exploded it as a red energy and he infected lana lang and now she has red electric powers so it's back to the 90s oh. so phil jimenez writes an awesome book called superwoman and it's it's red superman infected lana lang as superwoman oh. So it's it's all talking about all of these electric stories again, and it's really fun. It's back. Fudge, they stole it from us. Yeah, we could we could still work something out though. We're smart guys. We could yeah. figure it out. Yeah. Well, let me tell you let me tell you something super funny about me DC Comics and trying to like break in. Please. I, I was um, I was hanging out with some friends, drinking as we as we were wont to do, and. Uh, and I was just talking about like what I would like my take on certain DC characters. I was like, Booster Gold, like, why is anyone trying to make that guy cool? Like, let's just make him hella cheesy, like yeah. super eighties, like Miami Vice, like boom, done, like in and out. That'd be awesome. Made it, yeah. And then I was like, really, I just want to do Superboy, but I just want it to be like hella nineties because I just like really love that fucking jacket of his and blah blah blah. And the blah, haircut. Blah. And the, yeah. The John Lennon glasses. Yeah. He was, and I, he was a good looking. And I really wanted to like play with that. And then a friend of mine who works in the office side of DC was like, Well, girl, like now's the time. Cause it was right before they relaunched every with Rebirth. It was yeah. right before Rebirth. And he was like this is the minute to get in from the ground up. And I was like, cool, cool, cool. And he's like, here, read these Superboy trades. And, uh, oh, the newer ones? Oh, my God. And it was like... <laughs> like impenetrable. <laughs> yeah, he was like, he was like, well, here's like... And then he was trying to explain to me how I could like... He was he really wanted it to happen. So he was like, he was like, here's a place in the mythology where you can say, like, here's what I want to do with it. Because what I was saying was like, I think it'd be really cool... Um, and then when he told me I just couldn't do what I wanted to do, which was like just have fun with his 90s character. Yeah. And like you have to, you know, he's like, you have to work through all this mythology. And so then I was like twisting and I was like, well, maybe I'll do this like orphan black thing where we do Superboy, but it's like orphan black. And really what we're building to is uh, 
we orphan black it so hard that then we find out that they're it, like they're cloning super women, and then that way there's Superman, Supergirl, Superboy, and Superwoman. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was going to be my like pitch was like, hey DC, I'm going to give you a whole new character that sure, you've sure. never had before. Yeah, yeah. Um, Enjoy making money off those lunchboxes. Yeah, I was like, just give me this book, and I'll give you a fucking couple decades of franchise. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, it was just too. I could not read those trades. I couldn't do it. Yeah, they just ignored them recently and now Superboy is the son of Superman from a pocket universe named John Kent and he's a little boy and he's awesome. Oh, he's cute. <laughs> yeah, he's just, he's an adorable little kid and it's a way for Superman to have his own Watson or his own Robin and like explain things to someone else. Right. And yeah, it's it's really great but it's Connor Kent is no longer with us. He doesn't exist anymore. He doesn't exist? No more clone. Yeah. Oh, then I, that's easier. That's easier to do. Mm-hmm. Like, if he just doesn't exist, oh, I can make that work. Yeah, yeah. There we go. You heard it here first. Because <laughs> we brought back the Superman Blue, like the old version that's now the dominant Superman in the comics. Like, he came from a pocket universe outside of space and time. So Connor could be floating there, too, and you could have him come back. Or even the old 90s Blue Superman, he could come back. Like, There we go. Yeah, all Flash has to do is just run in a weird direction. Yeah, you it's, know? it's and, comics, man. And then things blow up, and, you know, next to that pin is, like... Connor on the floor. Yeah, because Connor had gotten a little too old and a little too in the Teen Titans world, right? Like, Yeah, they made him a little bit uh, softer, too. He was hard-edged in the 90s. Like, don't call me Superboy. And then he, later on, he You was said that's of... so gay, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> don't call me Superboy. That's how I perceived the character back in the day. I thought He's it was just a, like a, a really take. angry gay dude. Like, yeah, he was, uh, yeah. He's like uh, 90s, like queer punk. <laughs> he was the twink of steel. <laughs> dude, boom. It's so, happening. Yeah, let's stop with that for our book. Idea, idea, idea. <laughs> So we're talking this about doppelgangers. Meeting. This is not a podcast. Let's scrap all this. We're just going to DC right after this. We're going to knock <laughs> on the door. So we're talking about doppelgangers and different mm-hmm. versions of characters. You're writing Iceman right now where yeah. that's the case. Yes. So I was really excited to talk about the Superman era with you because you have an older Iceman and a younger Iceman. Yeah. And it feels a little bit like the red and blue stuff. Yeah. I mean, well, absolutely. I, you know, I wish I could remember the psychological because I can just remember like fight scenes and stuff with the Superman blue and, you know, and then later red. Um, and I can't like you're talking about all this heady stuff that I just missed as a kid. Um, but yeah, to talk about things on a heady level, the way I've been looking at it with Iceman and the way we've sort of um, enjoyed you know, using this, uh, this kid who is from the past, who is the exact same person. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been really great because for people who aren't reading, uh, the X-Men titles, shame uh, on you, first of all, you know, Hey, <laughs> comics are super expensive. And, guess, yeah. and like we said earlier, Marvel versus DC, mm-hmm. like I'm, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I can be kind of like that too. Um, but at any, at any rate, so, okay. For people who don't know, uh, a few years ago, um, the original five X-Men from, you know, as we saw them in the 60s, were brought into the present um, for plot reasons that don't matter. Um, but they're stuck here and they're just going to kind of live on in our timeline. But the surviving X-Men uh, from that era are also here. So, you know, you have, um, I think, two to three beasts in the present right now and mm-hmm. two Icemans and two Angels and... Um, and one Jean Grey. And one Jean Grey and one Cyclops, <laughs> Yeah. 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 Because the old ones are dead in that case, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I am so surprised they've kept Phoenix dead as long as they have, but it's because they have a time-displaced one now. So, at any rate, uh, that was one thing they did. The next thing they did was um, the young Iceman uh, is told by Jean Grey, she's like, you know, you're gay. And he's like... (laughs) Oh, yeah, I am. That issue was great. Yeah, she's reading his mind and uh, telling him things about himself that he doesn't want to confront. Yeah. It's really interesting. Yeah, and like, so he's outing like... outing himself to himself. Yeah, and so then they go to the older Bobby Drake, 
and they're like, if he's gay, yeah, you're gay, and he's like, fuck, like, and he's just like, yeah, like I've never wanted to fucking deal with this. Um, so, and that's pretty much where Iceman number one starts is like, this guy has to like kind of face a part of himself that he never wants to deal with. Um, and it's exacerbated by the fact that, uh, a younger version of himself is like lapping him in terms of like, yeah. and I think, so that's kind of, you know, like in terms of Superman blue, it's uh, blue and red and stuff. It, it, you know, they're, I think they're more, um, at odds with their approach to life. Mm. Whereas like with Iceman, it's a bit of FOMO, you know, or, oh, sure. you know, like, because they do kind of, they'll still approach things the same exact way, except one of them has a lot of fear. Sure. You know, um, and the other one doesn't. The other one's excited to just free fall into whatever he wants and deal with consequences later. Um, and that, and in that sense, there is a little bit of like the red vibe, but both of them are still incredibly like optimistic, jovial, upbeat you know, wisecrackers mm-hmm. and Superman's never been a wisecracker. Um, not really. I think he thinks it'd be disrespectful. If he's yeah. Like, yeah. He never. Yeah. And that's, I it's think not appropriate. Yeah. yeah. And he also doesn't have time. Like, yeah, sure, sure, sure. He's like, I could craft the perfect pun or I can, uh, stop a fire four yeah. blocks away. Sure, sure. I'm going to, and I did that while I was saying this very <laughs> yeah. slowly. Oh, Superman. So great. You just didn't see. <laughs> I did love, I will say someone told me like, um, for a while, like one of the explanations as to why people don't recognize Clark Kent v Superman is like when he's Clark Kent, he's um, vibrating, so you never get a proper mental picture of him. Yeah, I've heard that. I love that. Suggestion. That's yeah. such a weird. Yeah, like I love all these like little micro uh, explanations for you know a decision that was made in the 30s, mm-hmm. and like you know as we get older, we're like, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but the internet. <laughs> in the Silver Age, there was the idea that he had super hypnosis too, uh, and then like and Mark Wade's birthwhi- birthright, birthright, birthright. There's a thing that um his eyes are super naturally blue that they're like they're an alien version of blue we haven't seen before so his glasses dull those but when he's superman there's sort of like mesmeric effect looking at that blue yeah so talking about superman's beautiful blue eyes we're gonna take a break (laughs) okay i'm gonna stare into scene as beautiful eyes so uh we'll be right back guys brb all right and we're back hey so we were talking (laughs) about superman red and blue and your Iceman arc and one of the things i miss about the superman stories is the clark kent dynamic that Mm. i really like when there's that uh dichotomy between him being a regular person and him being like a big cosmic god but you have in your book um in the first issue there's uh, bobby's family yes and you see that dynamic and how they interact with him and his i think they think it's a choice to be a mutant and that's really interesting (laughs) can we talk about that for a minute yeah there yeah there was a I'm really glad that the internet caught it. There was a very um, throwaway line in the book, intentionally placed, but like just there to kind of like show, not tell, um, where uh, Iceman's at the hospital visiting his family and uh, he just saved the day uh, from a purifier trying to go after this girl who's injured. And uh, he comes back to see his parents and he's like real happy, real cocky because like, you know, he just had to deal with this, like, really lethal, crazy dude in a hospital, like, no casualties, like, no property damage, barely, like, you know, a door got kicked down, whatever. And uh, he's like, yeah, the Iceman cometh and slayeth. And then yeah. his mom's like, oh, well, like, did anyone die or something? And he's like, what? Mom? No, like, I'm the hero. And she's like, well, things always happen when you're a mutant. And he's like... When you're a mutant. Yeah. yeah. And, and, that, and that little phrase, like, 
because that's a mom parent thing. Like they'll say these things mm-hmm. that like are so like BS and it's, and you know, he's like, I'm always a mutant mom. And, and that, yeah. And that the internet caught that, which made me happy. And so did I. I like that <laughs> a lot. You know, when I was a kid, I read the Superman comics cause they helped me decide what kind of person I was going to be. And I really needed them at that point. And I feel like your Iceman arc, like there's kids out there who are going to read that, that just want an adventure story. And they're going to see these things and see themselves in the, in the story. And I feel like it's really going to change lives. Like it, you're doing like the Lord's work. You know, the reason that I like comics. <laughs> Superman's man, work. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really, really impressive. And I, I'm, I'm proud that you're an actual superhero to me, man. I'm proud to have you here. Oh, I feel I feel strong. And I feel like I wish I was wearing a better uh, uniform. <laughs> I'm wearing a Hawaiian It's a shirt. podcast. So it's all good. Yeah. All just good. y'all imagine me in like some really cool outfit. Please and thank you. But yeah, no. Um. Yeah, that's and that's what's interesting. That's why I was so mad at Zack Snyder's Superman was like, WTF, like, Pa Kent, like, it's okay for Bobby Drake to have parents who are anti because, like, that is his DNA, is, mm-hmm. like, to overcome and to be told that you're worth nothing and have to find your own worth. Whereas with Superman, like... I just did not like that Pa Kent was like, be afraid of everyone. The world sucks. And, uh, like, you know, I don't know. Like, I really, you know, I'm glad you mentioned Superman Birthright because that was a really great way to look at that era of Superman and modernize it a bit and to stick to the ideals without, you know, without being schmaltzy or anything. And that story, too, like, uh, Ma Kent finds out that Clark is, is an alien and she gets really into it and she gets on the internet and she starts Googling and finding support groups. And she gets yeah, really, she flag <laughs> Yeah, exactly. That's what I was just going to say. Like, she learns the jargon of the subculture of being an alien, which is, yeah, it's like the P flag kind of thing, which is really, really fun. Yeah. And I think, you know, parents are always really interesting. And the, the, I wonder what the, what the internet is going to say about this because I'm having a great time reading uh, Mariko Tamaki's uh, Supergirl Being Super. Oh yeah, that's a great story. It's just so lovely, yeah. and it and it and it's what a Superman story or Superman universe story should be mm-hmm. to me is yeah, like yeah. fun and human and looking at humanity with uh, love. You know what I mean? Like I just see Superman as a being of love, and like you know he loves us, but like he also sees us trip and fall, and he like tries to fix us and yeah. tries to anyway but uh yeah but i don't know so with superman blue though like what was his clark kent dynamic at like when that all happened i can't remember he could turn off his powers okay the way that Iceman could okay but when he turned them off he was human like legit so he human. like would stub his toe and start wailing with pain because never experienced pain before and like uh... it allowed him to be legit human for the first time in a long time and then how did he Superman back again. I can't remember that. There, there Did they was like this crossover called um, "Behold!" Exclamation point. The Millennium Giants, where these Millennium mouth is monsters came, <laughs> and he defeated them all. And at the end, he just was Superman again. And he was like, "I think it's a reward for saving the world from the universe." Universe. So then later on, they were like, Superman well, had like white girl logic. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. They retconned that and said that he just, he had too much energy and that in this fight, he expended it all and now he's back to normal. So he, so that I'm sort of makes that. more sense. That's fine. Yeah. I, I can, I can sit with that. Yeah. Um, so it all funny. wrapped up neatly to him back to being Is normal. Is it collected? It is not because it's terrible. Oh. And they don't want anybody to read it and remember it. These so are... scour the quarter bins, kids. So these are pretty like... So I know we're all like, ooh, like let's look at this like in a millennial landscape. Like maybe this is good, but like you've actually like checked these out in recent years. Are they just garbage? Yeah, I have a nostalgic factor where I love that he's like absorbing the internet and stuff. But they're uh, structurally like 
it was pre-graphic novel, really. Like, they're right. this singles. So, like, they're fun single issues, but if you collected them all, it would do them a disservice. They were great individually. Okay. And they would be terrible if they're read as a novel. Because gotcha. they're not that. It's a different animal entirely. Yeah, they're just, like, little serialized one by one. But the fun part is that each issue is sort of one and done, then, because it's a pre-graphic novel. So it's an adventure with him being blue, and you get to see what that's like. And it was a fun, weird experimental era. I liked it a lot. Interesting. Yeah, and I don't know how I feel anymore. <laughs> and we talked about uh, Clark Kent being able to turn back to a, a man. And you have a lot of mm-hmm. books that aren't about Superman. They're just you as a man. Yeah. So mm-hmm. we can talk about a little bit about self-obsessed and nothing lasts forever. Oh, sure. Yeah, I didn't even realize we were going to talk about me. I thought we were just going to talk about Superman. Well, so yeah, as, as we're on the way out here, you know, you're a man. So that I, fits in the Superman. I am a man. I'm a man <laughs> in my name. I do I do uh, have an, a big S on my chest. I don't. I don't. Um, you could say you do. They don't know. I look like Tom Welling. Don't look me up online. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I do. Yeah. So when I'm not writing superhero books, I'm, I'm usually doing like memoir work mm-hmm. and uh, sorting through... Uh, whatever questions I have in my head uh, on paper and, and putting it out there for the world to read. It's like your alter ego in comics. Yeah. I like to, I like to be like, this is, you know, it's like my version of like Lana Del Rey myself. It's like, well, here, oh, sure. here's like the narrative I want you to think I live in. Like, you know what, what it looks like in real life TBD, but like here's, <laughs> here's the presentation. And what's so funny is like, even my like hyper, uh, fantasy version of my life. It's like everything's miserable and I cry in public. Like, <laughs> oh, like that's like that's like oh there you go. Like aspire to be me. How glamorous. <laughs> yeah, no, but uh, yeah, I just released a book called Nothing Lasts Forever. It's a graphic novel uh, from Image Comics. It's um, super real, I guess. I drew it. It's all in pencil except for some se- segments, and then colored with only like five or six different colors. Um, and it covers a really sort of weird period in my life when like, I just kind of thought I was like done with everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and I'd gotten really sick and, um, I'd gotten really like abusive with my relationship with like sex and stuff. And, and, uh, yeah, I had been kind of putting it all together, um, in little like strips and stuff in my, my notebooks. And then, uh, when it all started coming together and really when, something happened in my personal life that tied into things from earlier graphic novels that were memoir not my bag and self-obsessed yeah um that's when i was like oh like now this like should exist because Mm -hmm. now they read as a series and now they read as like a meditation on my 20s yeah yeah um so it was really good and cathartic to like put that out there and and i think in a way like it, it, it's my journey to becoming my own Superman. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, that's a bad tie-in, but like really, you know, by the end no, of I get that. yeah, by the end of the book, it's kind of like you know, how do you pick up if like you don't believe in anything and you're lost and you know you hear that Zack Snyder Paul Kent in your ear over exactly. and over again. Yeah. And like again, that's what's more fascinating is like the person who picks up and how do they pick up if they don't you know rely uh, if they don't have a faith in anything. Um, and so that's kind of what nothing lasts forever is about. And, and, and that's sort of the twist on the title too, is like, does all this bleak shit last forever? Like who knows? Um, we have to read the book to find out. And I, I really enjoy all your work saying that's really cool. Speaking of nothing lasts forever, (laughs) we have to leave the podcast, unfortunately, but thank you meltdown comics for hosting us. Yes. I am so so excited that this is ending because I'm going to go shopping. Yes. Me too. Um, The quarter bins, man. Not the quarter bins, the selection. (laughs) Like I, they're indiscriminate about ordering, uh, books, both Indian mainstream. So it's fun to come here and be like, right. I missed that Marvel book. And then, oh yeah, I missed like this book that, you know, like Nicole Gu and Dave Baker made, you know what I mean? Like, it's like a great way to grab both. (laughs) That's a great story. So, Sina, where can people find you online to look up more of your work? 
just my name. Yeah, S-I-N-A-G-R-A-C-E. Just put an at before it on certain apps and then uh, .com at the end for your little HTTP Mm -hmm. bar, whatever that thing is called. Certain apps. I think we know what we're talking about here. Certain Certainly. Yeah, Instagram, Twitter. <laughs> yeah. I'm not on Grindr. Never have, never been. Oh, I know. I kind of want it just for the gay emoji, but like, <laughs> I don't want to do right. it. Anyway. Well, let's end on gay emoji. Gay emoji. That was great. Love Thanks, you. Thank you so much, Bye. too. Hey. <laughs> Ooh, super friends with Eric Esquivel.